Welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we travel back to 1930s sort of Chicago, and today we're back in the 30s again, although this time we're heading to that wretched lair of villainy we know as New York City as we celebrate the wonder of Tim Curry in 1994's The Shadow. Other actors also appear. Alec Baldwin, John Lone, Penelope Ann Miller, and Tim Curry. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The Shadow. So which film in this week's crime-fighting comic book confrontation will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clashbutters. You know, it's the strangest thing, but I have this sudden craving for Peking Duck. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash. Uh, as always, before we get going, with part two this week and discussing the shadow which is going up against Dick Tracy, it's time for a dip. Look sideways in the hope that Chris is back on board with this section of the show. Dip into the digital, yep, still looking, mailbag and a weekly review from one of you, read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. Uh, this review comes from U8 Mate, um, and it's brief and to the point. Uh, it's titled, Not Funny, and what's written underneath is, Just Annoying, One Star. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny, just annoying. One star. I love it. <laughs> uh, I thought I'd start strong. Great. Every single other review I looked at was five stars. I thought, no, we're going in hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever, man. Fine. Yep. Good. It looks like of the three of us, you seem the most annoyed, which is unusual. Yeah, because I don't get exposed to ah. the vagaries ah. of people just leaving opinions on the yeah. internet, do I? And so you read, it, let me, I, I thought you'd what? say that, so I've got some worse ones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Right then, shall we do this? On Monday, we had Beatty, Madonna, Pacino, Hoffman. But today, we go one better. As Tim Curry stars in The Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> also featuring Alec Baldwin, Penelope Ann Miller and Ian McKellen. Let me take you on a journey. Posh boy Lamont Cranston is having a hell of a gap here doing opium. <laughs> <laughs> having sex while doing opium. Killing people who try and stop him doing opium. But don't worry, this murderous long fingernailed junkie is our hero. And he's going to get a shot at redemption, becoming the shadow. Huh? <laughs> Why does he deserve redemption when I just said he was a killer? <laughs> Probably don't think about that for too long. But if it's any consolation, he has to wear weird prosthetics that make him look like an ugly Alec Baldwin. <laughs> At least until the end when he just takes them off because, you know, we've paid for Baldwin. So let's get that face up there. So true. Anyway, the Shadow has to fight not Genghis Khan. That would be too fun. But like his second cousin or something who once made a hotel vanish. Anyway, Tim Curry is in this playing a character called Farley Claymore. So our winner this week is The Shadow. Sorry, for your consideration, I present The Shadow. 
I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just about sums it up. <laughs> uh, histories with this movie. I'll go first at first watch. And Yay! indeed, until I uh, looked it up on Amazon and pressed play, I thought I was watching The Phantom this week. I was like, Billy right. Zane's in this. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, big surprise. Uh, and the surprises, they just kept coming. Chris. <laughs> yeah, watched it when it came out. Yep. Not seen it since. <laughs> you know, not, yep. not something I was going to return to unless I launched a podcast that got obsessed with we, Tim Curry. Yeah. We we launched a podcast every fucking time. <laughs> I've stopped noticing. He does it on purpose. Oh, okay. Then he's trying to seed it in. So yeah. one day we'll be like, Chris launched this podcast oh that God, I'm on. that's all right. Yeah. Mm, just Bullshit. sign this. <laughs> a sneaky campaigner he is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, same. Preston Multiplex. I don't know. Wait, was yeah. there not a multiplex in Blackburn? No, there ah, was not. Right. It, was, uh, it was a big deal when the one in Preston opened. Very big deal. Was so I'm not happy as memories really just driving back and forth <laughs> I wasn't driving was too young. not but, the movies <laughs> no, so, I mean do you know I just we, love being in a car we just look like, you know like people love the cinemas like, it just you know people do it just feels like a really exciting place to meet principally maybe because it was in Preston I don't know but mm. just such fond memories because the Blackburn cinema nothing wrong with it but small right. whereas you go to Preston it's like there's a Frankie and Benny's next door and it's like it was huge and it just felt like honestly it felt glamorous and I still feel like that every single time I go into a cinema it was a nice day out, a uh, film and Frankie and Benny's. It was, yeah. yeah, big deal. I've never actually been to the cinema with you, V. I know, Chris, you went to see uh, Virtuosity with V. Did yeah. she? Uh, did she suddenly switch into a much more glamorous kind of <laughs> a kind of personality once she was yeah, in? We the, went to see Joker. Did you? Were you not at the Joker screening with us? No, you weren't. No, no just the two of us. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she. Yeah. I'm quite quiet unless I've had a, too much to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. Right? In any circumstance. Sorry, yeah, that yeah. needed to say. <laughs> uh, all right, let me tell you a little bit about The Shadow Nose. Uh, so, the character was initially created by pulp magazine publisher Street and Smith in 1931. Uh, but he was created as a radio character to narrate their Detective Story Hour radio show. And they gave the narrator the name The Shadow. Show was purely created to try and shift more copies of their detective story magazine. Didn't work. Uh, people instead fell in love with this character, the Shadow, and started asking at newsstands for the magazine he was in. So, Street and Smith approached writer Walter Gibson to create Shadow Stories, which they then started publishing. Massive hit already, like months after taking off. It went from quarterly to twice monthly a year. Got his own radio show, comic books, numerous movies. Started in 1931. Featuring the shadow. And as a character, I didn't realise this because I, I don't know the shadow. I think he was maybe, he was big in America, mm. but I don't think over here, I'm not sure. I'm I, new oh, to me. No, I, was, I'm, I was too young for it, mate. Mm. Yeah, of course you were. Yeah, of course. Uh, still going strong, though. Really? Author James Patterson. Really? Mm. <laughs> James Patterson uh, as, signed... as hired someone else yeah. <laughs> to write hey. the shadow. Hey. No, no, no. That other person's name is in very small on the cover. <laughs> it's James Patterson, very big letters, which means bigger letters wrote more, more of it. Work. More More of yep. it's yours. <laughs> uh, so he signed a deal with uh, Condé Naste, who now own uh, <laughs> the uh, publishing house that makes the shadow, uh, in 2020 to do a series of novels. First one came out in 2021. Uh, called The Shadow. Uh, he's added in some science fiction elements uh, okay. to his novel. Uh, Lamont Cranston uh, moves from 1937 to 2087 to battle Sherwin Khan in a futuristic New York. Okay. I, Why not? I'd rather watch that. <laughs> he don't even know what, what happens in it. Rather watch it. So, uh, the movie story. 
However, this movie's story begins in the 80s when producer Martin Bregman gets the rights, takes it to Universal. Sam Raimi, huge fan of The Shadow, desperately wants to make The Shadow movie, keeps pitching for it. They're like, no dice, Mr. Raimi. Robert Zemeckis is directing this. He definitely, definitely, (laughs) definitely making this. So Robert Zemeckis doesn't make it. Uh, and uh, Raimi uh, instead makes the Shadow-inspired Darkman. He does. Which is a gift to us. A gift to us and much better than The Crow, I've heard. Not no. much. Well, definitely in terms of our verdict. I, I enjoyed it more. Yes. But I like The Crow. Yes. It's a great film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, for more on that, see our Crow versus Darkman episode and a very unhappy Vicky. Fast forward to 1990 and another long-term fan of The Shadow, writer David Cope, is hired to pen a script. So, apparently, uh, he attempts several different tones for this script to try and find the one that works for the studio. Uh, producer Martin Bregman says of this process, some of them were light. Some of them were darker and others were supposedly funnier, which they weren't. <laughs> Just didn't work. God, that kind of teammanship. Uh, so in the end, Cope says uh, he took the tone uh, from the radio show and used that as the basis for the film's tone. Uh, having not listened to the radio show, I can't confirm is the tone is best described as all over the fucking place. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, regarding the plot, Cope says, I-, I went off and came up with a plot of my own. I'd been working closely with Martin Bregman and ran it by him at every stage. He'd been working on it for years. When people have been hard at work on something for years, you have to work with them. <laughs> like us on this show. Mm-hmm. or against uh, so he said it was the classic shadow line who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men that helped him come up with the plot <laughs> this is so boring <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll cut to the chase uh, he did actually write with Alec Baldwin in mind for the shadow he says he doesn't normally write with actors in mind right? Uh, because he thinks that this is quite interesting he says that when you're writing a script the last time that the characters are truly yours is before an actor's been cast Sure. and then you start rewriting them for the actors so oh. they stop being yours that's nice that's quite it? interesting isn't yeah. it Like because you do feel an attachment to a character when you write a script and that must go away when and Alec Baldwin goes, I'm not wearing prosthetics for that <laughs> final fight because I look stupid. I do. Uh, yeah, uh, that's about your lot until uh, we get to the point. Uh, well, Russell Mulcahy gets the directing gig. Uh, he'd worked with Martin Bregman on the Michael Caine, Sean Young gangster movie, Blue Ice. Seen it? No. No. I watched the trailer. I definitely want to. <laughs> Bob Hoskins is in it. In Holmes in it. It's an HBO movie. Wow, okay. Blue Ice. Great. Okay. From the trailer. Uh, and then he did the Kim Basinger uh, facing a, a Val Kilmer high thriller, The Real McCoy. Nope. I feel like I have seen that. It feels like a movie why. I should have seen yeah. as well. But it's not very good. Is it not? It doesn't look very good. <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking my head, listener. Uh, so obviously, uh, Russell McKay, he did Highlander. Uh, what I didn't know until I started doing research is have you ever watched Derek and Clyde get the horn? Derek oh. and Clive get the horn. They're the, mm. the Pete and Dud. Really fucking weird sort of behind-the-scenes special documentary where, at this point, they haven't worked together for a while. Moore's gone off to Hollywood, comes back to do this special with Peter Cook, and Peter Cook is seething mm. because Moore's had all this success in Hollywood. And he's so fucking nasty to him. Wow. Like, if you, can, you know how funny Peter Cook is? And like when he directs that in anger at Dudley Moore, it's so uncomfortable, but fascinating viewing. Yeah. Um, so he did that. Uh, and uh, also um, not as quite, not as interesting apart from for me, he directed my favorite Resident Evil movie, Resident Evil 3 Extinction. 
Okay. Yeah, it's quite good. Don't have to say everything written down. <laughs> right then, shall we get into this? Uh, shall we get into this movie? Yes, yeah. please. All right. Uh, so <laughs> we're in the opium fields <laughs> in, in Tibet. I uh, love it. I think it's great. The music's fucking amazing. There's a lot of music, mm. but you know, um, if you want to lean into like, I know it's well, what is it, ninety four? So yeah, you probably do want to lean on that. You know, everyone likes Indiana Jones, don't they? <laughs> so, so that kind of vibe. Not a lot of drugs like, in Indiana Jones, though. It's a kids' no. movie. I mean, I don't know what opium looks like, so I thought it took me Wizard ages. of Oz is a kids' movie, and there's a shit ton of drugs in that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was picking up opium, and then it took me ages to twig that it's meat. Is it like in his nails? Isn't he you feeding mean, an animal? Yeah, he's feeding the dog. Yeah, yeah I, I thought, thought it was opium. I thought it was opium. I thought he was going <laughs> to stick it up his nose. I don't know, but then kids are good people. We don't know what opium looks like. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, weird that it's not Mongolia. It would certainly fit in with uh, the. That's <laughs> such a good point. <laughs> the the Sirwan Khan uh, element, uh, but let, let's let's not dwell. We've got bigger problems heading our way. We do. Uh, let's uh, let's take a, a brief reprieve from the madness to come because we do get James Hong and Al Leong Can't in believe the same it. scene. Can't believe it. <laughs> Can't believe it. It's really. I'm out of my seat. I hope they stick around. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not Al. Al's more a background character, yeah. but James. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so let's meet our hero. Mm. Currently, Yinko. Uh, Wow, it's a look. Greasy hair, pale skin. Dirty hair. Dirty, greasy, long fingernails, fucked on opium. <laughs> welcome, welcome to your hero, yeah. kids. Well, did you just compare this to Indiana Jones? <laughs> hey, hey, guys, I'm currently doing things I can never possibly atone for. Yeah. Just no way whatsoever. Yeah. But then later on, when they use that moment, you're supposed to go, oh, poor you. You are, aren't you? You're supposed to feel sorry for it's, him. It's mad. So, uh, so oh, God, he's going to be a difficult hero. To, he's killed a man. Yeah. And his... In his own words, father figure. <laughs> Fucking hell. <Kill> his dad. <laughs> but are we being babies? Because isn't it, you know, what evil looks in the hearts of people? So isn't it meant he's just a more complicated guy kind of thing? Yeah, like, but you need you need to go into it. <laughs> right. You can't say it. You've yeah. got to show it. You've got to show it. And I think we suddenly, he's suddenly just the shadow. Yes. We don't know what he got, he, get, he goes through to get to that point. Yeah. What kind of atonement he's done. It's just, he's... You know, coming out of walls, killing people. Mm. He's still killing people. <laughs> now, he's, now he's got license. Yeah, from people. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, Cope, David Cope said of this, uh, he was asked by a journalist about whether there was any social context or anything about, you know, how this fits into the time period. And he said of the character Lamont Cranston, Yinko at the moment, something happened to him in World War One. Right. It was so awful that he went off and became this different person as a result of it. And that's where we start the film. So that puts it in a bit of historical context and gives you an idea of why he's this. Where did he Where did he say that? Out of interest? Uh, he said it in Starlog magazine. Right. Put it in the film. Yeah, because <laughs> not everyone's going to read Starlog. <laughs> no. And not everyone's going to read that issue. No, it's honestly, I just read that. I was like, do you think that comes across? Because <laughs> he just seems like a, a junkie killer who were then going to go, redemption. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he, he wakes up uh, wrapped in a duvet of women and is kidnapped uh, because a tulku wants to see him. And because we've got no idea what a tulku is, uh, Baldwin usefully has the line, a holy man wants to see me. Great. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, so the tulku uses his real name, Lamont Cranston. You know my real name. <laughs> 
Right. Uh, yep. Baldwin points out anything that we might have missed. Yeah, cause, hopefully. Because, well, you know, we've not missed uh, much at the moment because it's right up there on screen. Uh, so... You can immediately see uh, when he's called Lamont Cranston why he changed it to Yinko. It's not a very exciting name, is it? It sounds like he's ill. It sounds like you've got. I've got Lamont Cranston. <laughs> so uh, more excuses now uh, for why Cranston uh, gets this redemption. You've struggled against your own black heart. Mm, sure, but he's fucking murderer, mate. He's still a murderer. He wasn't struggling when he killed his dad. <laughs> Uh, but either way, Murderer Cranston is going to get a shot at redemption because if you didn't know, privileged rich white kids mm. somehow always dodge justice. Mm. So there you go. The real lesson. Real lesson for you there. Yeah. And it's interesting how what happens now was sort of used in Batman Begins and Doctor Strange. I will say, oh, yeah. this does what Batman Begins takes about an hour to do. Ten minutes. <laughs> Ten minutes or less. You've got to respect that. We've bit. got the whole Liam Neeson arc from Batman. <laughs> yeah, but you're getting your character development, which you need. <laughs> That's why we remember Batman Begins more fondly than this. Uh, do you, though? Does Batman Begins have a flying knife called Perba? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. And uh, obviously this was made the year after Jurassic Park came out. CGI, it's just, it came on leaps and bounds after, <laughs> after that movie. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we get one line here that I missed the first time I watched this, because believe it or not, this took four fucking sittings to get through. So I rewound it and li- listened to this line again. So the Tulka basically says something along the lines of, you're going to use your black shadow that changes your face <laughs> to do good. Because when I first saw his new face, yeah. I was like, did I miss a trick? Yeah, is he yeah. Had plastic surgery? <laughs> and hell? why? Like you say, why? Why is he had a nose job? Yeah. yeah. So we get some text. How do you feel? I mean, it's not it's not narration, but we get a lot of text on screen. It's not it's not acceptable. <laughs> I look, David Cup's got a Wikipedia entry that, that opens with, and I admit, I assume his agent did it, but I assume at some point David Cup said, "Open with this," and it says David Cup is the ninth most successful screenwriter of all time. And you think that's cool? Good for you. Yes, you are. So what's that? What's that text? What's that there for, David? Mention the war. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> the price of redemption is to take up man's struggle against evil. The Tulku taught him to cloud men's minds, to fog their vision through the force of concentration. Sexy. <laughs> Cannot wait to see my hero concentrate a lot on screen. Oh, this is just... Whew, it's ticking all kinds of boxes. Uh, so he's going to use his black shadow that changes your face. Da 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 da. We're heading to New York City. This is my favourite bit. Seven mm. years later, not been a date on screen yet. What the fuck does that mean to me? Sure, that's a good point. <laughs> no, no time period. It's just seven years later. Yeah. So, all right. <sighs> Looked it up. It's 1931. Uh, right. Here we are. We're in NYC. Time to see the shadow in action, taking down a bloke called Duke, uh, who's a murderer. Pop kettle much? <laughs> so you're a murderer, Duke. Uh, we get to see uh, one of the shadow's worst qualities. Ever someone who's invisible to evil men. Doesn't have to give the game away. Mm. <laughs> Here's my voice. Here's my... <laughs> Man, he's projecting it. He's projecting it. He's projecting it. Oh, he's bouncing it off walls, Alex. Yeah. Where is he? <laughs> the shadow knows. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
<laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. <laughs> That's not a sexy line, is it? <laughs> it's a weird line. You know, I'm sure we all write it down. It's like, well, I don't like that. <laughs> I, it, I, I was like, right, I'm going to write that down. It's from the original Shadow thing. Oh, it's, it's his catchphrase. Mm. Is it? Not Maybe great, it not sounded great, better then. when Orson Welles was doing it on the radio. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this annoyed me. Um, uh, we get we meet Peter Boyle uh, as his driver, Mo, uh, a cab driver constantly losing fares and income because he has to drive the Shadow because mm-hmm. the Shadow once helped him cross a road or something. Yeah, he's a laugh, though. He's a laugh. Yeah, this annoyed me. Uh, the cab light comes on when the Shadow gets in. That's not how cab lights work. <laughs> They fucking go off when the cab is busy. On light means cab free. Why the fuck when he's busy with the shadow does he put his light on the idiot? In in, in, uh, New York, it's the other way around. It's not. I well, checked. it used to be. It's not. A cab with a light on means it's free <laughs> Mate, in New York. it used to be, because I've been to New York. Really? That's how cabs worked then. Oh, this, that, what a wild ride that was. Wow. I was so on your side, yeah. but I believe you more. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. That's why they've done it. All right, fine. Transport it's confusing the first time you go to America. <laughs> Maybe right. they've changed the system now. I don't know. I take it back, Russell Mulcahy. You were right. I was wrong. Let's move on. So, he saved the life of Roy Tam, a scientist, one of two scientists in the film who have near-identical labs. Okay. Roy asks, how did you know who I am? And never want to miss a laugh. He goes, <laughs> the shadow knows. <laughs> he finds himself very amusing. Uh, so Roy's been recruited as one of the shadow's network of agents. Uh, Cranston uh, comes back now in the cab. Baldwin, he's come back in the cab. His, his face is all sweaty. Mm. Mo says, boss, are you Okay. <sighs> Cobalt Club. <laughs> mm. I mean, and then suddenly he's tux handsome. Uh, who, yeah. who hasn't been there coming round in the back of a cab, sweaty, <laughs> delirious, and the driver goes, Where do you want to go? Clubbing. Clubbing, please. Take me out. Mm. I am coming out like a bastard. How many times? <laughs> <laughs> uh, double drop to Mitzi's. Get me to a club. I can't see a fucking thing. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I mean, it's bold. It's the best, best delivery of any line by Baldwin in the movie. So he, he's been there before so I'm, I'm delirious in the back of a cab and it's like yes no i've got that, the, got that. is it is it club ritzy in in dick tracy it looks yeah. like more fun than the cobalt club here <laughs> yeah. it's the, the clo- color isn't it it's quite dark yeah dark. But also it just seems quite boring no one looks like they're having a particularly good time maybe it's meant to be ominous i don't know yeah i mean either way i'm just pleased that baldwin's back because i didn't understand the prosthetics i was like what's yeah. happened so at least his face is back he's uh, taking mm. that stupid and nose off i hate, I hate, I hate and I hate. when he sits down he says my usual and at first you think that's one martini no he's not he's ordered two <laughs> so i was like well you're all right by me you literally just came to in the back of a cab. Yeah. I mean, get back on it. Yeah. yeah. Go just hard one, or go home. Well, all that, la- all that laughing makes your throat dry. <laughs> yeah, uh, we meet Uncle Wainwright, who's the chief of police. Incidentally, un- incidentally try the prime rib, it's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One of the funniest men ever, Jonathan Winters. They don't really let him be funny. Um, Robin Williams was was very good friends with him and, and stole a lot of his shtick. Like, he was his hero who he copied a lot. And you've got that guy. Have him be funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we learn that Lamont Cranston is basically Bruce Wayne. Mm. Um, although David Cope uh, would disagree uh, because, as he said, no, 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 Bruce Wayne was motivated by revenge. Cranston, guilt, very different. Right. Totally different. Mm. Not like Bruce Wayne at all. Re- 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 
Revenge, <laughs> my, mine, guilt, different, different emotions. But no, revenge okay. is better than guilt, isn't it? As a reason. Yeah. You killed my parents versus I killed a bunch of people. <laughs> also, maybe show that guilt on screen because he's having a fucking time of his life. Yeah. Another martini, another martini. Uh, who's that bird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Uh, Uncle Wainwright's going to appoint a task force, uh, so Cranston now has to turn into a Jedi Batman. <laughs> or a Jedi Dark Knight, if you will. Mm. Uh, he won't hire a task force. Yep. Uh, I won't hire a task force. <laughs> Try the prime rib. It's excellent. <laughs> All right, uh, Margot Lane now. Penelope Ann Miller had just done Colito's Way the year before with producer Martin Bregman. Mm. Uh, Margot... Can read minds or something. Mm, uh, or, she's strange. Yeah, well, she hears voices. Yeah. It's my favourite line of a, of any film we've done for quite a while, actually. Where she's like, "Oh, did I just sorry?" Because he thinks nice frock, mm. and it's just as well that's all he was thinking. Because she's like, "Oh yeah, do you like my dress or whatever?" Mm. And then she's like, "Yeah, we're my cousins, and I used to do this thing, and I can basically read minds." And then literally goes, "She has abilities she's not even aware of." <laughs> she just fucking told you everything about it and how it works. So in what sense is she unaware of it? Like brilliant, right? <laughs> also, I, because she's so specific, I feel like this cousin is going to come into the story. No, he's not. Yeah. My cousin Harry, back in the day. Oh, I'll file that away for later. Harry she doesn't even know. He's going to get kidnapped or something. No, he's not. Uh, uh, my favourite line is where uh, Lamont Cranston goes over uh, and says, Lamont Cranston, may I sit? And she replies, I don't know. It sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so uh, <laughs> he speaks Chinese. She says, you speak Chinese? Just in case we weren't aware what yeah. he was doing. Yeah. Brilliant, only Mandarin. Such a weird dinner. <laughs> <laughs> a weird dinner. Uh, and also, if someone ever, as, as they're dropping you off in a cab, says, I'm not sure I can recall an evening as stimulating hasn't been a good day that is that is someone struggling to find the right word to say i'm never seeing you again amazing uh, uh we get this amazing cgi fire face uh which seems to be there because we need some cgi yeah uh, we get a lesson in sarcophagi a uh, tibetan sarcophagi mm. they were made of stone yeah, that is actually quite interesting. Isn't it? If it's true, yeah. why is the inscription? This I'm asking. I'm not being snarky. In Latin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it like packing inscriptions for Europe? <laughs> like in Mongolia, they're like this needs to go to Europe. They use Latin. We don't know that. But this, if you want it to get there on time, this is your best shot. <laughs> I mean, just why? Just say, just have him translate it. He, yeah. he actively goes, it's Latin. <laughs> but why is it Latin? It's... I honestly thought, oh, I just don't know. So I looked up. Did they speak Latin in Mongolia? Oh, oh. So it said uh, they. No, <laughs> no. Well, not Genghis Khan didn't. No. It's, a, it's, the, it's, the, it's the coffin of Genghis Khan, uh, which sadly doesn't contain Genghis Khan. And it takes no. ages to find that. Ages. Isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. thought it was Genghis Khan, because in my defence, they're like, this is, his coffin. <laughs> this is his coffin. And then a man from Mongolia steps out. You're like, oh, brilliant. And we're dealing in the supernatural, so yeah. it's entirely believable that Genghis Khan is back from yeah. the dead yeah. to exact revenge. Yeah, this guy's back from the dead, essentially. <laughs> he's um, not. He's like, this is the thing. He's He's been alive, I think. He's like a regular dude. Yeah. Who can just do what the shadow can do because the Tolku taught him. taught him, and then he Daryl Hannah, the two Tolku from <laughs> Kill Bill Two, and killed the Tolku and stole Perba. Too many fucking words in that sentence. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it was Genghis Khan when they were developing it, and then Bill and Ted came out, and they were like, "Well, they've just done him. It, wait, that's the best Genghis Khan you're ever going to see I mean, on that screen." Is, that's fact. <laughs> it was it was Shirwan Khan in the in the old novels. It was. Yeah, so that's, that's the reason. Why. That's mm. the reason. Uh, Nelson, whatever you do. 
don't open it. That's quite fun. Uh, yeah, but again, m- weird tonal decisions. So Nelson is the first of two sets of security guards who are quite nice and yeah. give a nice sort of like, oh, they seem like quite a sympathetic. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. Horribly. Mm. He shot himself in the head. Uh-huh. Yeah, sacrifice yourself to me. That's one of those things that's very disturbing, isn't it, in a, in a ostensibly a kid's film? Mm. Yes. Uh, so you've, you've sound unsure. I didn't bother me. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I thought it was fine. Uh, so uh, this is John Lone, uh, who's uh, playing uh, Shirwan Khan. Uh, Shirwan Khan is, uh, by his own admission or declaration, he is the last living descendant of Genghis Khan, which is bollocks because there's that famous stat. Oh, yeah, he's got like 500 children. 16 million right. men alive today. <laughs> have the Mongolian ruler's genetic uh, DNA DNA in them because of his prolific uh, appetite. He's many wives. Bonuki. He was very much <laughs> the Warren Beatty of his time. <laughs> Another connection. Did you see that interview where Warren Beatty actually says, I've got competition. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nelson kills himself. Uh, anyway, uh, not a moment too soon uh, for, for this movie uh, because I, I'm struggling right now. Tim Curry! Yeah. Good. He appears as Farley Claymore. As, and his, as our seventh Tim Curry movie, oh, I believe. Fantastic. Do you know the six? Mm, oh, God. Yeah, sure. Uh, Clue. <laughs> yeah. Congo. Congo. Yep. I mean, Farley Claymore is no <laughs> Homolka, um, Mr. Homolka. <laughs> one of his best names. Clue and Congo. Okay. Shit. Oh, it. Uh, it, of course. Two oh, it's. Do you it. count no, Oh, no, he's only in one. one. Yeah. One you did without me. Uh, oh, uh, no. What did we do without you? Three Musketeers. Oh, yay! <laughs> and then the two, o- the two others you should get. He's got a tiny <laughs> role in one of the biggest comedies of all time. Airplane. We mentioned its predecessor on Monday's episode. I did. He works at a hotel. Oh, Homelon 2. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And then one where he's the devil. Oh, legend. I wasn't here for that. So this is seven. Seven and counting. (sighs) A legend. Uh, As I said on Monday, channeling a lot of Rick Mail in this performance. Uh, Bottom era Rick Mail. So when are you going to come down and see my beryllium sphere? (laughs) Whatever that is. Just just how he talks. Uh, We're getting McKellen. I I couldn't believe it. Curry and McKellen on the screen together. Mm. It's a great scene. Rewrite your movie for more of that, please. Yeah. But also, you get the most far-fetched moment in either movie in this scene. Do tell. Uh, is Is it the fact that a scientist... Doesn't know he's colourblind. <laughs> no. It's played off as a quirk. He's fucking colourblind. <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait to see that loop close later. It's going to be thrilling. I'm on, oh, I'm on tenterhooks. Yeah. It's a terrific setup. <laughs> no, we've got a woman resisting Tim Curry here. Oh, right. That's not possible. Is it not? No, it's That's not. never happened. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we get to see uh, Khan in a cab. I just don't think you should put your big villain in a cab. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Especially have him in a cab and being concerned that he's having his destination being recorded. Uh, First of all, 
how do you know how a taxi works? Because uh, at this point, you think he's Genghis Khan, so he's like reincarnated. Yes, true, yeah. I guess now we know he's Sherwan Khan. Uh, fine. Um, but also, unless he went in the cab and went, Metropolitan Hotel, please. <laughs> oh, shit. Shouldn't have said anything. It's not there. He's bewitched everyone. Give me a destination. I'll just give you which street to yeah, turn down. That's fine. For 20 minutes left. <laughs> Straight. <laughs> Right, there's an easy way of doing this. No, you won't record my destination. <laughs> and it's such an unsustainable... I understand we need to establish he's bad, but it's an unsustainable way to go about this plan is to just kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's a fuel truck there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, um... So I do the one thing I like a bit of world building here where we see that little taking anything I can from this. I like the pipes around the city that transport. I like it too, but I was baffled because why do the agents of the shadow have to go to such lengths to hide themselves and the 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 mechanics of how they pass messages? Like who and what are they hiding from? Well, the police, Uncle Wainwright, until he was Jedi, he was going to hire. He was going to. Gosh, you're so right. Going to get a task. Great. No, I was asking genuinely Mm -hmm. because I didn't know. Uh, so, uh, we get to the back case, the, the sanctum, <laughs> uh, and Khan turns up, and this is where we finally find out he's not Genghis Khan. Oh, go, oh. Uh, disappointing. Uh, he, he thinks Cranston is Yinko, uh, likes him because he's a murderer, uh, the butcher of Lassar, yeah. we find Ooh, out. intrigue. Mm. Uh, I will say we're already on shaky ground with Rich Boy Lamont getting redemption despite killing lovely James Hogg. Turns out he's killed enough people to get the moniker Butcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a mass murderer. Here's your hero, kids. <laughs> Forgive and forget, yeah? <laughs> she, later on, what's, what's Penelope Ann Miller called? Margot. Margo. I mean, again, David Cobb, not to rag you, but you're in the ninth most successful screenwriter of all time. And the one line, this killer line where it's going to be, you are absolved. She's like, it was in the past. <laughs> Can we do better than that? But you can't give him grief for like having the sanctum be like the Batcave when the shadow no. came before Batman. Sure, yeah. sure. We've yeah. got to give him that. All right, all right. Uh, so uh, Cope picked uh, Sherwan as the villain because he said his motivation was simple. Right, <laughs> that's it. He just wants to take over the world. Simple. Yeah, because it's he- it's a more exciting uh, plan than Big Boy Caprice. I'll say that. <laughs> then taking 10% take, off a shopkeeper. Take over the world. Take over a nightclub. <laughs> uh, That's yeah. fair, yeah. If only Sherwan Khan was trying to <laughs> produce a musical number in this. Oh, uh, Right, we'll carry on after the break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Okay, uh, I do like the fact that Khan pays for the bourbon. I, mm. didn't, I, I thought that was a nice little touch. Well, and they pull off having the hero and villain meet early on, which mm. is always important. And it's fun watching them have a drink. I kind of like the, the, the sort of easygoing way they have between the two of them. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it is trying to, it never quite gets there, but it is setting up that these are two sides of the same coin, the, the hero and villain being sort of mirrors of each other. Um, that's all good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, John Lone uh, delivers uh, the line, the day of the Mongol warrior is soon at hand with a straight face. Yeah. Which is good because I find it quite difficult watching people dressed in a Mongol warrior attire wandering around New York. I, I think they're very conspicuous. <laughs> they're, they're spycraft, not good. Where does, where does he get them all from? This is because he, you go back to his room, yeah. there's an army there. Yeah. Where? How did they... Has he conjured them? <laughs> yeah. Has he sent a letter to Mongolia? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if, just if one of the many times I've written scene missing question mark <laughs> uh, yeah uh, the sun is shining but the ice is slippery yeah, yeah. that's good sure uh, scientist Roy examines the coin it's bronzium uh, which turns out to be an implosive explosive submolecular device or an atomic bomb great mm. sure. I liked that have you got a blackboard anywhere near <laughs> uh, we need a beryllium sphere which thankfully we do. other yeah. scientist in McKellen is making mm-hmm. uh, Reinhardt Lane Reinhardt Lane <laughs> great love that sure a cigarette billboard talks to Ian McKellen <laughs> this is quite a long time as well before they invented the atomic bomb isn't it Oof! Why is it thirty-one? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a long time. I was watching weirdly. I was watching a documentary about Oppenheimer, and it wasn't until the end of the war, the World War Two, they really figured it out, and it was yeah. used sort of after. But yeah, so it's quite a weird thing they're doing with the timings of this. Okay. Uh, the Shadow turns up to save Ian McKellen and fight some Mongol warriors while slinging weird one-liners. Uh, <laughs> him and a Mongol warrior fall off a roof. Shadow lands on the Mongol warrior, killing him, saving himself, and offers the line. Next time you get to be on top. Oh yeah. Odd. Yeah, too racy. <laughs> bit, yeah, yeah. Bit sexy. One for the mums, I think. That one. <laughs> do you think mums are like? Do you know what I'd like to see Alec Baldwin doing? <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to see the Mongol warrior on top next time. <laughs> no, it's not that. They're projecting. They're like, oh, me. Right. No, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, or do you know what? I shouldn't speak to people's preferences. I don't know what the mums want. Too but... late. You already have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a scene that I thought was being played as a joke but isn't shadow shadow's shadow gets pinned to the wall by his shadow cloak <laughs> is that what happened they yeah. throw knives at a shadow mm. and that pins the shadow to the wall i thought he was mm. like pretending because he's like it's only my shadow i'm really still okay yeah. he loses this fight uh, even though not, he just he reverts to guns i'm gonna use my your guns. shadow is away from you mm. that's the point of it uh, anyway well they never properly set up the rules. Yeah. So that's why it's quite confusing. Yeah. I'm going to need some ground rules. Yes, very true. Uh, Khan gives a mission, kidnaps Margot, hypnotises her, mind melds, Jediza, whatever, gives her a mission to kill the shadow, but only one bullet. So you, you get one shot at this. Uh, <laughs> she fires at a mirror and, and then doesn't try again. Just <laughs> sort of stands there. She's like, oh, I miss. I was quite mean about Penelope Ann Miller when she was Gail because it's not really Gail's fault, but Gail is ridiculous in Carlito's way. <laughs> but I think because she's not really given much, like I'm sure, I bet the character was like Margot, beautiful, feisty, very thin. <laughs> that was it. I think she's good. Like I think they, I think he introduces a sort of team teaming up thing far too late. But I enjoyed her. Mm. So I feel guilty now about Gail. 
the, the bit that happens a little bit later where they start sparring with each other, you know, you're like, oh, some sparks. A little yeah. bit of like, oh, Fun. well, yeah. won't they? Uh, as opposed to right now where she finds out he's the shadow and says she wants to stay over and he says, just be gone when I get back. <laughs> Hot. Hot Ali Ball. Just I can't believe she stays. How desperate are you? Like, you asked you to leave. You're... <laughs> is, is that when he offers her his mum's dress or something? No, that's, that's, that's in the later, morning. Yeah. Yeah. Following day. Because first he's got to go see uh, Khan again. Because we've, we've already had the meet, but they meet again uh, for more, more of a chat. Khan slags off America. Uh, you know I'm going to stop you. You Americans are so arrogant. Hey! That's the US of A you're talking about, pal. No one in the UK cheers. <laughs> uh, great news, though. Perba's back! Yay! <laughs> uh, Cranston and Calm do some more verbal sparring. Your mind is an open book. Then learn how to read. <laughs> It sounds stupid when you say it like that. <laughs> uh, brief chase, Khan disappears, and uh, Cranston stares at the empty building lot. Yeah, I, li- I thought that was good, actually. The disappearing hotel monolith is very good. Um, mm. So, uh, we are getting a little more of this will-they-won't-they with Cranston and Margot. Uh, Margot, I'm not afraid of you, Baldwin, but I am. Margot, wait, afraid of whom? Do you mean me or you? I don't understand. That's not, that's not the correct response there, idiot. What do you mean, but I am? I'm not afraid of you, but I am. Which one, Yeah, idiot? very true. Uh, okay, good bit alert. Good bit alert. Uh, the weird dream where Lamont pulls his face off. Yeah. Like that. Mm, uh, someone's watched Dark Man. <laughs> uh, Lamont watching Margot sleep. She wakes. What did you dream? Lying naked on a beach in the South Seas and the tide was coming up over my toes. Cool. I dreamed I tore all the skin off my face and I was somebody else underneath. Funny. <laughs> it is funny. Yeah. Didn't know what was going on. No. Why, why aren't they talking like human beings? <laughs> yeah, why is she in particular not talking? <laughs> what is she going on about? What are you going on about? Trying, do you want to have sex with me? I don't understand what Just you're talking about. you want sex. <laughs> you, you've got wet feet. <laughs> Are you not freezing? You've, I've clearly thrown the covers of a way to just arrange myself before you come in. Everybody knows that trick. Uh, Khan uh, is mocked by a sailor for his outfit. Nice dress, toots. And yeah. uh, the sailor, in another horrific moment, isn't hypnotised and throws <clears> himself <throat> off, is having his body control but is fully conscious yeah. and unable to stop himself jumping to his death. Cool. Help me, please. He says, get me down. Get me down. That's <laughs> so awesome. Mm. It's so dark. <laughs> it's so dark. Uh, that uh, is buttoned by a funny line, though, isn't it? What is the answer? As, it's, as the body's falling in the background, we're in the foreground with Lamont, <laughs> and he says, it's all falling into place for me now. <laughs> That's good. Didn't spot that. Okay. Tim Curry's back. Um, so, confusing. Tim Curry's back, and he's in a massive sphere. Now, we've only heard Sphere mentioned once, which is a beryllium sphere, which True. we haven't seen. <laughs> so for all, for all of us, we're like, ah, this is it. the yeah. beryllium sphere. Why are you flooding it? <laughs> just, just another sphere. <laughs> Not the beryllium sphere. Mm. A beryllium sphere. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, clever, though, from uh, Curry here, Claymore. Uh, he uses water to spot the shadow. Yes. The shadow loses again. Yeah. This is two losses in a row for our hero. <laughs> he's, not, he's not instilling confidence in me. Right, yeah. Uh, she looks uh, into his eyes. She saved him. That's quite cool. He's the badass superhero, but Margot has to save him. But uh, it's a very slow escape, isn't it? Again, the action is just a bit mm. backwards, I think. Yeah. It's boring, and 
I keep thinking about Batman. Make it Batman exciting. Uh, she looks into his eyes, goes into his mind, and Opium Lamont is there. And what does he say? You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and she sees him as the butcher of Lassar in a flashback, killing a lot of people. And enjoying himself. Loving it. <laughs> yeah. Our hero. Yeah. Yeah, a, a, a lot of murder. Uh, rich white guy goes to Tibet, takes a lot of opium, shags a lot of women, murders a lot of people and comes home proper mad gap she's here. Re- and she's really cool with it. Mm? She just says, well, that you know, that's in the past, so that's all never, right. It's never in the past for him. Oh, that's so true. Poor him. Guilt. Yeah. It's guilt that's driving him. Yeah. Put it on screen then. Let's yeah. see that Never guilt. mind all the families that he's destroyed by butchering everyone. I like Hotel Monolith a lot. I don't know why. I love this cloaked hotel. Yeah, it's great. It gets it looks, exciting. It, good. it does. It looks ominous, scary. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I like the... Um, the sort of little breadcrumbs where it's like the owner committed suicide. It's like, God made him commit suicide. Yeah. So, uh, he's hypnotised the entire... Let's just get into Act 3. Cranston puts on his fake nose and he's ready to go into Hotel Monolith. First, he has to fight <laughs> Tim Curry, who he fights in a big, empty room, presumably because Curry has chewed up all the scenery. <laughs> <laughs> this, I was quite scared, actually. like Because he hasn't done much as he's been like mid-tier curry and you're fine and then all of a sudden he's a shot from above and he's pale and shouting it's quite much it's a lot the the delivery of the line coward chicken sissy come out here and fight like a man I'm like what has happened and he's got a Tommy gun and he's shooting in circles I'm like this is what I paid my money for yeah that's amazing so has he gone mad at this point or has the shadow tricked him into thinking a window is an exit is it a bit of both he just jumps to his death I thought it was a trick it's a dirty trick actually Like it's sick yeah, yeah, no, that's that's his mind. His mind, his mind has been clouded. Yeah, the <laughs> bit the beginning, with the holy man says, "Clouded mind can't see anything." But there is, in fairness, there are clouds in front of the temple. So then you're supposed to go, Lamont's mind is clouded, but then the clouds move. I think that's unfair. And then they do it again. It was brilliant with the hotel monolith because there's no clouds. But I was like, that is unfair to put a bank of clouds in front of your actual temple. No one can see it. Oh, he's a right joker, the Tolku. Uh, sadly dies off screen. Right. Uh, he's off to fight not Genghis Khan. Uh, clever line here where not Genghis Khan... Uh, says uh, you're losing your concentration of uh, Cranston uh, uh, so they can give him Alec Baldwin's face back because yes, you do, thank God. Mm, don't want to see that disturbing prosthetic face anymore. So. Just, he's more nose than man. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what happens here. So I think he gets control of Cheeky Knife Perber mm. uh, and then he pretends to cut his own throat to lure Khan over. Unsure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, all right, it doesn't matter. Uh, so he stabs Khan in the stomach. Um, and Margot says to Mo, who's there, Mo, go call the police. Not her staff, uh, really, uh, at that point. <laughs> but then again, just got together with Cranston, so his staff are her staff now. Yeah. Yeah. Lady of the house. It really yeah. is. Feet under the table, very... Mo, 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 call the police, please. <laughs> now, immediately. <laughs> So uh, we get a comedy runaway bomb. God, they look so stupid. <laughs> Didn't Ian McKellen play Hamlet? Is or have I misremembered? And for most of this film, he's he's I, he's mute. He doesn't. I, he's I, unable to yeah. move. I wrote down Ian McKellen's acting confused. Maybe Ian McKellen is confused. <laughs> um, it reminds me of when we talked about it, John Hurt in Indiana Jones Four. Yes. When you're like, what have they done to this poor man? Oh and and God. how how involved is he? How aware is he of what's happening in this yeah. film and what they're doing to him? Darkness. Yeah. Ox. 
terrible name. Uh, right, uh, <laughs> comedy runaway bomb, uh, but. Mm. They close that loop. Yeah. McKellen's colourblind thing comes back at the end with the wires. Uh, she pulls out the green. He was going to cut the red because he's colourblind. Surely it's a better joke because he's guessing at that point if he cuts the wrong colour, but it turns out to be the right wire. Yes. Better better than her stepping in at the last minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pulling out yeah. a wire because he was going to get it I wrong. I see what you mean, yep. Uh, the shadow blows up a lot of mirrors. I thought that looked good. It does. Yeah, it's Khan in the head. Well, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> well, I believe, wasn't there a fire? There was a fire yes. and they lost this set because it's so obvious they're building mm-hmm. towards a hall of mirrors um, finale because of these two characters being yeah. two, you know, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And so, yeah, it does feel like something was lost. Although I guess, wasn't it Man with Golden Gun? We had, the, yeah. they, did, they did it already. Very true. But um, yeah, I think we were, I think we've got a slightly underwhelming climax here because of a fire and them just not having the money to rebuild what they had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And uh, that's pretty much it. They remove Khan's frontal lobe, uh, so he can't use his powers. He's in a mental hospital. A good final gag where he's like, I am Shirwan Khan, and the other inmates are all claiming to be famous people, and everyone's like, Tim Curry. That's the bit that made me the most upset. I think it's such a brutal way to dispatch your baddie. Dark. It's really, really dark. Like, he's not dead. He hasn't got the glory of death. He's just going to be ignored forever. And I don't feel like he was that bad. Like, he just wanted to take over the world. He, what you talking... What you talking... The sailor. He, he I know you were cool with oh, the guy yeah, shooting himself yeah. in the head earlier. You yeah. were like, that's fine. And those two, <laughs> yeah. the comedy guards, was like, shall we get a burger? Do you want a burger? Oh, yeah. Do you want a burger? And he's like, Foof, kill them. <laughs> It's awful. He kills funny he forces, people. Yeah, he forces true. suicide on people and you're feeling sorry for him. I did feel really But he's got to sit on his own. He, he, always, he didn't do anything that bad. You've got to sit on the naughty what? step when you've done that, I'm do afraid. you know what? I've just realised what it is? What? Because the idea to me of being ignored forever is so unbearable. <laughs> That's all it is. So Are you also upset? Can you hear something, Chris? A whisper on the wind. <laughs> Are you feeling sad because he's quite fit as well? He is fit. John Lone is a very <laughs> handsome, yeah. bloody man. Oh, yeah. He is. Uh, so, uh, Shadow and Margot kiss. And because it's a superhero film in the 90s, immediately afterwards, he walks off to go and do important shit, leaving her standing there going, how will you know where I am? I'll know. <laughs> but I'm also busy now doing actual <laughs> cool shit. Uh, so I'll expect <laughs> a booty call later. I'm off to find some opium. The end. Of the, the street. F- of the final line, I'll know. I've just written that's it's weak. <laughs> that's rubbish. Because she could go, but I do too, actually, because I can You've read your mind. You've got the same mind. fucking power, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> also, I didn't have to go to school into I, bed for seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, <laughs> I've, I've not murdered a village of people. <laughs> Oh, but wait, I don't know anything about my own abilities. I so just I just saved the world as well by clipping the bomb. Yeah. So maybe I so should maybe be on I'm the busy. mission. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I also saved you from not the Brazilian sphere. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's, so it's, it's the same thing as True Lies, where she's proved herself as heroic and he's just buggering off without her when you've got an opportunity to say, come with love. <laughs> Actually now, love. The end. Yay! Uh, cut to 2006 when Sam Raimi was announced to be producing a new Shadow film. In 2007, he said, I love the character very much and we're trying to work on a story that will do justice to that character. In 2012, couldn't get a good script, ain't happening. Okay, so no offence to everyone who made it already. <laughs> I know of a very big director who's been trying to make a Shadow movie for about 15, 10, 15 years. Fair day. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Fair day. <laughs> Go on. 
Are you allowed to an alien now? I know. Well, I asked him about it. He told me about it when we were having a drink. And then I asked about it about five years later in an interview. And afterwards, they asked me to remove that bit from the interview. Great. But it was James Wan. Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then, of course, doing Aquaman... Um, he maybe scratched that superhero itch, but with this one, I, you know, when we talked about it, because he hadn't done superhero stuff then, I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Because it's got the horror element. You could, you, it's a superhero movie, but with horror in it." And so that's sort of his wheelhouse. So I don't know, but I'd love to see what he could do with it. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I'd love to see any other version <laughs> of the Shadow. Uh, but yeah, any uh, any more for any more on the on no. this experience? Great. Let's do the bits. Uh, best scene. V. Well, it's the mirror smash, actually. So I'm sad to hear that their set got destroyed in a fire, but mm. I think it just is, it's a lot going on. The knife through the head thing is really brutal. I just thought it looked good. Like, uh, I wasn't expecting it. And there's a lot of things exploding. I liked it. That's it. And it explodes. Chris. Uh, continuation of what I just said about horror. When he pulls his face off. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, I don't think it works for this movie. But I did like Yinko's opium den at the start, and I would have happily spent a lot more time there. It looks like a fun bar. It looks like a great party. <laughs> I'm like, uh, can I get an invite to that opium den? Yeah. So, uh, most valuable whatever. It could be anything. Chris, yeah. any, any, it could be anything. anything. It's anything. a most valuable whatever, Chris. Mm. Um, I am going to go for <laughs> birthday boy Tim Curry okay. because this film comes to life when he comes on the screen. Uh, I'll jump in. It's Tim Curry. <laughs> Happy birthday, Tim Curry. Uh, well done on the shadow. You were the best thing in it. Uh, mine isn't Tim Curry. For fuck's sake! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Have you been on... Do you know what this is? I know, sorry. But, uh, yeah, Tim Curry. Happy birthday, Tim Curry. It's actually... Well, because we all like Gotham City, don't we? So it's production designer Joseph C. Nemec III. It looks cool. 30s New York, all the East Asian stuff. It looks good. That revolving floor, like when they're in the From hotel. Flash Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks loads better. Than Why is it there? Why is it there? Well, yeah. this, is, this, yeah. is, this is Where are the spikes? They look good in Flash Gordon. Yeah. This is an existing hotel. Yeah. I so why... Like why a, a is that something that... Uh, that Sherwan Khan has added afterwards? Because why would you have that? It's deadly. Yeah, it is too fast if it's meant to be for recreation. It tilts. <laughs> it tilts as well. It does. doesn't just revolve, it tilts. No <laughs> dance floor does that. No, it doesn't. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, anyway, I think it looks good. What so happened go. was, uh, Russell Mulcahy, can I get a tilt in revolving floor? Uh, Joseph. That won't set on jo- fire. Joseph. <laughs> but, but why is it there? I don't give a fuck. Put it in. <laughs> That's how that conversation went. Right, uh, what would you change, uh, V? So, Margot and Lamont can communicate telepathically. Mm. So why don't we have a few set pieces, rather than the rescue, which I understand they're communicating telepathically, and she goes, oh, and goes to rescue him. But you could do that with a phone, so you haven't used the telepathy to its fullest potential, its comedic potential. So a few set pieces where they trick their way into somewhere, passing messages back and forth, something you could never do with any other form of technology or method of communication. Be great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Chris? So David Kep, ninth most successful screenwriter of all time yes there are big chunks missing from your film here david <laughs> um we need to see how lamont became an opium den ruler mm-hmm. we need to see how he became the shadow yeah. we need a training montage we need to know what the shadow's powers are and guess what let's establish our villain in the opening sequence so there's some history between the two of them oh, yes. it's not hard to do all those things no so yeah i would just put back in the things that someone has removed or got forgotten about. 
Uh, yeah, well, mine's exactly the same as yours, basically. It's just, let's understand. Let's, I, I, I need, I need to know what happened to him in World War One, which you say is in the film. It isn't. And find out, like, why, why it's forgivable. What, whatever happened was so bad that it turned him into this thing that he knows is now so bad, but it was because of that event. And now he's got to get back to being a good guy. Just that right now, it's like, he just gets a fucking free pass to do drugs and murder and sex, <laughs> and then everything's okay. He doesn't even want the sex. He wants the sex when he's in Tibet. Mm. But yeah. then Penelope Ann Miller's like, I had a sexy dream. He's like, I couldn't care less. I, I, I fuck seven women at a time or not at all. So that's, that's it for me. You, just you and me? You had a threesome. Boring. Yeah. You had a threesome on opium? Yeah. Take yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me to the Cobalt Club. Oh, I want to fuck seven people. And that's it. That's it. All right, then. It's time for the verdict. Mm. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Okay, so these were my choices. Well, got, yeah, got, got, I did, I did got to leave a little break. Yeah. <sighs> Put that bit in. <laughs> you go, that's fine. Oh, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Put that bit in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because there's so much of it. <laughs> Not all of it, just that bit. <laughs> I'll draw a mark. How far down? Yeah. That bit. No more than that. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. <laughs> to the line, not past the line. <laughs> Just the tip. Um, you're spoiling the verdict. Am I? <laughs> Sorry. Bloody hell. I don't know why that's so alluring. Right, carry on. Sorry. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to go first. Right. Flip it. So, right, basically, I watched The Shadow first, and I hadn't seen Dick Tracy for years, and I was like, There's, without even watching Dick Tracy, it's going to win. You said but, that to me last week. Yeah. You said, I've watched uh, Dick Tracy... Didn't know you said I've watched the shadow and yeah. Dick Tracy's going to win. Absolutely, I thought it was you were, and down. I was like, really? Yeah, um, and I do think Dick Tracy is slicker, and it's got a performance in it by a human being. Um, as Tess true heart, that's actually good. Like it's good, it elevates it. Um, and I do love shouty Al Pacino, but it is just so hard to watch. And when I think of it, it's just so much montage, and the shadow plot is really daft, and like you said, it's full of holes. But they do try to tell you a story, like they've just missed a few things out, and it is just more engaging even though Lamont is like a nasty bastard let's lean into that and then with Dick Tracy they don't make any effort to tell me who he is other than he's nice to kids and he's committed to his work but he's a police officer so he should be both of those things <laughs> so it's a really weird week but the shadow is the winner for me alright uh, you Alex you who wants go, to go next do you, you want to go next you can go next I, go? I get to decide she just asked I? you yeah. just is that not part of the rules well oh, it's just, you know there's an order for do, depending on who's voted for what. There's an order of doing it, but we don't know who's voted for what. Yeah, you make it sound we know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. For. But that's why that's why we're doing this awkward moment. Oh, I see. I looked at Chris and go because Chris. Will, I, all right, fuck it. I'm going next. Great. Uh, wow. <laughs> the shadow wins. <laughs> Watch a decision. I walked into this week so excited and have come away despondent. Uh, I love rubbish films. We know that. <laughs> Uh, uh, so it's it's quite a testament to how rubbish these films are that they've crossed the threshold and they are just <laughs> fucking boring. Tri Dick Tracy is so boring. And apart from that Shaq fight, it looks uglier than I remember. Uh, Dick Tracy's boring because he's so straight. It's, just, it's the Superman thing. The Shadow, more interesting hero because he shouldn't be one. Uh, and uh, what does it boil down to? Tim Curry. It's the shadow. That's my winner, and that makes the shadow the winner. But for yeah. completion, Chris. Yeah, it's the shadow. Um, and I, and I, I almost exactly the same as what you said, Vicky. But I came into this thinking I was going to be voting for Dick Tracy. But then you're watching it, and you're watching Alec Baldwin bring all this intensity. Yeah. And you're watching Warren Beatty just 
not bothering. <laughs> it doesn't feel like he's trying. And, and it comes down to that threat as well. You want to conquer the world using atomic bombs and you want to choreograph song and dance numbers. <laughs> We've, we said it a lot on Monday, but it is, it, there's just no... It, there's no excitement there. There's no thrills. And like you said, I just was not engaged when I watched Dick Tracy, whereas The, the Shadow feels like a film. Yeah. It isn't, but it feels like one. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird week, isn't it? Because it's, it's not. <laughs> it, it, it does feel like one, though. It tricks you into thinking it. tricks you into thinking But you've oh, seen a film. Yeah, I guess. Did something? Uh, yeah. Did I go on a journey? Sure. Right, then. The Shadow is... Our winner, because the shadow knows. All right, uh, don't forget you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the listener poll goes up on our Twitter, at ClashPod. Right, uh, let's look ahead to next week. Do you want me to announce the movies first, or do you want me to hand over to you and you can explain the other element? Are we doing the other element on air? I should have asked you this before. I'll just do the movies you can take from there. Right, the clue I gave on Monday. Would, (laughs) would you rather be dead young or dead old. So the movies we're doing, both set in woods, one a younger version <laughs> of a movie with dead in the top, one an old version. <clears throat> we are doing 1987's Evil Dead 2 versus 2013's Evil Dead the remake, directed by Fair Day. Fair Day. Uh, both are available all over the place. Chris. We are also doing a crossover, a three way with um, 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival <clears throat> with Sam Clements. So we are going to be talking about uh, the original Evil Dead from 1981 or 82 or 83. What uh, year are we saying? If... It took a long time to come out. <laughs> um, we're doing the original Evil Dead as part of 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest, which will be going out on the Sunday or the Saturday. And then, yeah, Monday and Thursday, as usual, we're doing Evil Dead 2 versus Evil Dead remake. So, yeah, you're going to get three episodes next week with a bit of crossover going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival. It's the three of us joining Sam to talk about Evil Dead, the original movie, before we tackle Evil Dead 2 and the Evil Dead remake on Clash next week. And that is it. We are done. Don't forget, if you haven't subscribed already, please do so on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And we will be back on Monday with part one of next week's Clash as we talk Evil Dead 2. Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 